0: And he flat out asked me, he said, can I, I win the Olympia? Like, can I win the Olympia right now? Like, knowing where I'm at right now, can can I win the Olympia? And I said, yes, I, I, we can get it done right now, but I'm going to tell you, we got no room for air, and hmm. if we go any longer, no. Hey,
1: everybody, welcome to It's Just Bodybuilding, episode 111. Special guest today, Chad Nichols, the diet doc, Of course, Dusty Hanshaw, Scott McNally, and myself. Welcome to It's Just Bodybuilding.
0: Hey, man, I appreciate you guys having me on.
1: I uh before we get going I got to tell everyone to like share, subscribe, comment, ring the bell. There you push go. The <laughs> and uh yeah, push the algorithm. So Chad, are you you rested up?
0: I did, man. I I um you know, I mean, I don't know if you've seen the story, but I was sick all year and uh so the first trip that I'd actually taken anywhere, left the house basically, was to the Olympia. Um and so it was, you know, a little bit stressful, obviously going into the Olympia this year. We and you know, we'll kinda of talk about that. But um, you know, when I got home I was just like burnt. I, all I wanted to do is just kinda of chill out and um, you know, just kinda of hang out, watch some Friday night lights with the boys and uh and that's it. And so, you know, i recovered a little bit now, so I'm good to yeah. talk. To you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So do you wanna get into that But bef- just start with that?
0: Whatever, man. We can we can out. talk. With-
1: yeah. Cause I'm, I'm actually not fully aware of, of what your. Uh, I mean, you're, you're kind of a keep the car, cards close to the chest type of guy. So, right. uh, I'm not really fully aware of what your year in, in, uh, was made of.
0: It was crazy because, I mean, we kept it really under wraps cause I'm not one of these guys like, Oh my God, everybody, I need like a prayer chain and all this type of shit. Right. Um, you know, I, I mean, it's a kind of a weird scenario. I started getting sick at the beginning of the year um, and I just kept getting sicker and sicker and like everybody, I thought like, fuck, this has got to have something to do with COVID because I'd had COVID at the beginning of the year and I'm Googling everything and, you know, everything, you know, makes it look like it's like this, um uh, COVID long hauler thing that's going on, you know? So I'm like, fuck, this is great. Right. Um, and then, but what ended up happening was, I'll give you the short version of it. I got bit by a brown recluse spider two and a half years ago. Dude. Uh, and so it ended up eating up like a hole, about like that in my stomach. Um, because they eat, they just basically eat up your skin, basically. Um, and so I got over that, and about a month and a half later, the venom spread with staph infection, which at this point had turned to MRSA. To, so it started on my left side, spread to right side. And I had these, like, little places um, open up on my right side, 21 of them. So, right now, like, they're all healed now. But I look like I've been shot by, like, a fucking, you know, Gatlin gun or some shit. And so, they just started opening up, had 21 spots, you know. And so, they're treating all that, cutting out all the, you know, dead tissue. Um, At the same time, I'm dealing with a back injury. I was training, actually, pretty hard at the time. And I thought it was just a back injury. I was going to my chiropractor. He's doing everything possible, acupuncture, like, all these kind of, you know, things. Um, and it kind of goes away. I don't really put the two and two together because at no point do I think the back injury has anything to do with the spider bite thing. Um, fast forward to beginning of the year, um, this kind of injury had just kind of kept kind of raising its head back and forth back and forth. I end up with, you know, the back injury again and I use a Theragun on it. Mm-hmm. And the being was a ulcerated infection that had built a rhine around the infection, encapsulated it on T one, two, and three. Damn. So it built a big oh. rhine, and basically had been eroding everything <laughs> in my spine for two and a half years. I used a theragun blow it up into my neck. Um, head, chest, everything, and then over the next basically two and a half months, the infection just spreads, until basically I went, I went, I went to the doctor twice. I went to the doctor because my throat had swollen up so much um, that I could, I could hardly breathe. It, you know, it was like breathing issues and everything. Which at the point that you know I thought was COVID, and right. you know because breathing issues involved, and so I go there, my throat is swollen. They think, originally think it's strep throat, but I knew it was strep because I've had strep before. Um, so they thought maybe it was like some tonsil infection or something like this. And they give me this very strong antibiotic, which basically saved my life probably because that was a Wednesday. But Sunday night, I was starting to get super, super sick. I was in and out of consciousness, kind kind of. I, of course, I'm an idiot and won't call. You know, won't go to the hospital. I tell my wife don't call an ambulance unless I'm basically unconscious. Um, you know, I had a temperature of 104 to 105.6 for almost seven hours, and like I've never done acid, but I'm guessing it was exactly like this. Like I felt <laughs> like a video game, like just <laughs> tripping out. Like there was, it was the craziest shit ever. Um, Monday morning, I go to my doctor, and he basically immediately is like, "We're gonna call an ambulance," you know. And uh, I'm like, "Oh no, no," because the hospital's right across the street. And I go, "I'll just go, I'll just go." And they're like, "Listen, we're gonna call ahead; they'll be right there. Go to the emergency room, da 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 Like you gotta go right now. So we we're, we're, we pull out of the driveway, and I head home. My, my wife's like, "What in the fuck are you doing?" And I go, "Listen, they're gonna admit me into the hospital." And I'm, I said, well, I'm, there's no telling how long I'll be here." And I said i said with COVID, i said my kids ain't gonna be able to come up here i said we gotta go home and talk to the kids i go i'm i may not ever see them again like i may fucking die in the hospital i don't know right and, uh, you know so i go home talk to the kids tell them what's going on um we go and when we pull up they're like right there and the nurse is like where have you been and uh in in the meantime my doctor had called because i didn't went to the i went didn't go to the hospital and and he's like, where are you at? And I'm like, we had to go talk to the kids because I didn't I you know, I didn't know how, you know, if I'm going to make it out of the hospital. Um, I didn't think they'd be able you know, to see me. And uh, he's like, listen, you got to get to the hospital. So I get there. Basically, they hook me up. They're checking me in. I'm in congestive heart failure. Uh, one of my lungs is seized up because the mass in my chest was so big it had basically put pressure against my heart, but also it collapsed one of my lungs. Um, my kidney and liver both completely shut down. Um, I'm in sepsis and they think I've been there basically since Wednesday when I had went to the doctor. So I've been in sepsis for basically a week almost. Um, but they gave me this antibiotic, which that in conjunction with the fact that I'd had this infection in my body for two and a half years, I'd had kind of been able to kind of adapt. And so they think that's literally what kept me alive. Um, In intensive care for basically two weeks, um, just basically zoned out uh, on, you know, antibiotics, intravenous antibiotics. I then basically end up going home and I'm on antibiotics, intravenous antibiotics on and off because it becomes, the infection becomes resistant to it. So they have to keep switching it. Um, So I was on antibiotics from basically March until two weeks before the Olympia. The whole year. Um, And just recently, about a week ago, I got my blood run from that, you know, from coming off the antibiotics. Infection numbers are all down. Everything's, you know, back to normal. So I guess I'm going to live. But it was freaky for a while. I mean, there was a point for three months I went to bed. I I was like, you know, am I going to wake up? And I'd wake up and I'd be like, oh, shit, another day.
1: Like, (laughs) (laughs) so this this was all from the spider bite
0: fucking spider bite it's yeah and now I'm dealing with you gotta realize it it was basically on my spine for two and a half years so it basically so I have osteomyelitis which basically just deteriorates the spine basically just eroded everything away so you know the bone um, the disc the nerves everything is basically just corroded away for two and a half years Um, so right now basically what I'm dealing with is like just excruciating pain um, so now I've got to go to a neurologist and um you know find out what they can do with it um but it's gonna be chronic because it's I mean, you know it it is what it is like it, there's no fixing it um it's just basically surgery to you know you know fix whatever they possibly can how you know how damaged it is you know mm-hmm. uh, as far as that goes
1: and, and so goes at what that- at, at what point did because uh, they think it's COVID-related. They don't know what's going on. At what point does this spider bite come up again?
0: So it doesn't come up until I'm in the hospital and they're trying to figure out where the infection is. And I'm like, you know, I said, you know, the, my pain is in my back. You know, that's where my pain is. And so, I mean, they run like test after test after test. Like I've had my entire body tested basically. Heart, you know, like four or five different times. Um, brain, like my whole body's been scanned you know, four or five different times, but they, they scan a complete scan of my spine up into, you know, cervical into basically, you know, brain, everything. And they find this basically infection on my spine. And then we start breaking it down. And I'm like, well, listen, I, I've had this pain in my back for two and a half years. And then I said, it was from, you know, this, uh, you know, spider bite which turned to MRSA. And they're like, well, what's on the, what's on the spine is MRSA and then they're like what it is is it's a it's basically built a Rhine and it's been there for two and a half years and somehow it got blown apart and i'm like well i've been using a theragun on on my spine and they're like well that's what blew it apart like you blew it basically everywhere you know so
1: so that's uh advertisement that theraguns definitely <laughs>
0: <laughs> definitely i don't think they're gonna give
1: you a free one
2: for this ad yeah but i mean
0: i mean it was the weirdest thing like you know at no point did i think like you know any of this shit was related to the spider bite you know i figured you know i just like anything you know i pulled something in my back and it's just been kind of nagging for the last two years and it would and it was it wasn't something that was there all the time like it would nag for a little bit and go away nag for a little bit and go away and you know so i just go to my chiropractor and you know, he'd work on me, and it would kind of go away. And then, you know, three or four months later, it would come back. And I go to the chiropractor, and you know, he would work on me a little bit. And he's like, "Man, this, you know, if you you can feel it every time you come in. It's knotted up, blah 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 blah." And uh, yeah, I mean, it's you know, it was basically because like it was just infected. So,
1: that's Jeez, wild. Uh, so weird. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So it, you definitely kept that under wraps, man. I had no idea that all that went on. You know, every, every, right up to the O. You know,
0: just kind of out of it you know i mean i was still you know working with some athletes i mean the game plan at the beginning of the year was to take on like a full load a full team and luckily i hadn't done that i'd only kept a few and so i mean i was lucky enough to be able to you know do that and and but yeah, i mean i was basically out of it the whole year you know i mean i, I mean i was at home once i got over everything kind of you know i mean then i'm dealing with the infection but we couldn't kill the infection that was the mm-hmm. thing so i was antibiotics were so strong most of them i mean it's uh, a couple points I was basically on infusions. So I would literally go into the hospital and set in an infusion lab. So I'm basically in there with people that are dealing with, you know, cancer and stuff. And I'm basically in the chair, you know, pumping antibiotics into me. And I mean, after that, I mean you're just literally wiped out for, you know, three or four like you're just wiped out. And um all year, like you're just beat up. So
1: man so did winning another olympia with rami pump a little bit of energy back into (laughs) your year
0: it did it did for sure you know and that's a whole nother story because um you know a lot of people don't realize you know the whole story with rami and um it's you know just it's kind of come out i've talked about it a little bit but You know, Rami had some things that he was dealing with at the beginning of the year. I mean, he, you know, he got pulled 15 different ways, obviously, after winning the Olympia last year. And um, and so, you know, I mean, he, you know, Egypt was going crazy and they literally was, you know, just pulling him a thousand different ways. He was doing interviews and all great stuff, like, you know, all absolutely amazing things. But during this time, he had some personal issues, you know, family things that he had to deal with. Um, there were just some things that he had, to, you know, to deal with. And so this took a toll on him and, uh, it was, you know, I mean, he went, you know, he was a little bit depressed and went through some things like, you know, people do. I mean, sometimes things get in the way and sometimes you got to deal with those things. Um, and so throughout the year, you know, it was just one of those things that that's what he was having to kind of deal with. And we weren't able to kind of do the things that we were wanting to do really for this Olympia. And it got to a point um, in a, you know, around June and uh, you know, he literally had, you know, not trained. And when I say not trained, like, I mean, he probably went into the gym five or six times during, you know, that span of like six or seven months trying to like re-motivate himself, like get to that spot to, you know, go. And he just couldn't, like, he was just in this thing where he just, you know, wasn't, the same Rami. And uh, mm-hmm. so finally we got to a, a point and I said, listen, and very few people knew about this. Like, you know, his closest friend knew and then me and Dennis knew. And finally I got to a point and we had a long sit down and I said, listen, man, we're running out of time. Like we are running out of time. Mm-hmm. And he flat out asked me, he said, can I, I win the Olympia? Like, can I win the Olympia right now? Like knowing where I'm at right now, can can I win the Olympia? And I said, Yes, we can get it done right now, but I'm going to tell you, we got no room for air. And Hmm. if we go any longer, no. You know, he even said, he's like, listen, at some point, if you don't think we can win, be honest with me. You know, so there was a point where it was literally maybe up in the air a little bit, like, you know, like it wasn't going to happen. But he is such a freak. Um, His body just responds so ridiculously. Um, and it was just boom, boom, boom once he got in that groove. And then once he got into that groove, then it became this motivation that he had to do this and prove that he could do this for him. Like this, this became about Rami now. And it became a drive, like a driving force that he has to do this for himself. He has to be able to go through this process again and, and prove to him himself that he, you know he has this inning, and uh, I told him, I said, man, you thought the diet was tough last year. Like we are now trying to accomplish something this year, um, and, and achieve a look that is very tough to achieve because we haven't been in the gym for seven months and that is a different look, you know? I mean, when mm-hmm. you don't have that, um, it's, it's something different. So we're, we're now trying to create something, um, that we don't have and, um, you know, it, it made it tough. It made it. It made it a lot more tricky going into the Olympia.
1: Do you? I know you're a man uh, who loves your percentages. <laughs> so, so you know, like exactly. at like say a say a month out from the Olympia, what percent do you think Rami was? Like, where how uphill so, was this?
0: So, at at a month out, you know, we were starting to cruise. So, at a month hmm. out, we were cruising. And, you know, we were – so here's the thing. He was actually leaner body fat-wise this year than he was last year. So we were actually a little bit ahead of the game. But what we're trying to achieve is this dense look to the muscle, which is time in the gym, okay? Mm-hmm. That's what we missed this year, okay? And that's that's virtually impossible to replicate, obviously, with, you know, it's, it, it just is, and so I knew conditioning-wise, we were there. Like I knew where we were going to be, but we were having to push into this kind of trying to, you know, trying to achieve something that you know we didn't have. And so we're trying to replicate time in the gym by conditioning and and you know low body fat levels and dryness and all of this, um, and it and it became tricky. You know, I mean, at at four weeks out, I mean, I thought you know, we're going to be 90%, I think, you know, and I mean, if we can dry out, we're going to push into that 95 range. And, you know, in my opinion, that was going to be enough. Like I knew mm-hmm. who was in there. I knew where we were at. Um, I, I felt like we could get it done this year. You know, I felt like we could get it done. Wow. And there was a point where, you know, Rami was like, listen, at any point, if you, if you do not think we can win, I don't want to walk on stage. Hmm. Like if you, like if at any point, you, you think like, listen, this is an uphill battle. We're not going to make it. Um, he's like, you got to be honest with me. You got to tell me, um, you know, we're not going to make it. And he goes, we will regroup, you know. But in my heart, I felt like we couldn't do it. Like we had to, like, I felt like I had to accomplish this because number two is a really tough one. Like if you don't get number two, number three becomes that much harder. And you know, or, I mean, or the, the following year wouldn't be number three. But I mean, you right. know, that one yeah. becomes that much harder to grab. Three. and mm-hmm. so I knew like we got we got to get it done this year. Got to you know we got to make sure that we accomplish this. Um And you know, luckily we were able to get it done.
2: As a as a coach, when you're dealing with <laughs> athletes, especially somebody as good as Rami, and and let's be honest, when you're when you're looking. If you can't be number one in the world you don't want to do it kind of mindset um how much of your posting and pressing that we were going to see something ridiculously special was to help his mindset also because you know how that works like it's one thing even if you did believe it but you need the athlete to believe it so so how was that
0: you know i mean there's there's a point especially you know going through what he went through this year and and being kind of you know down a little bit and stuff so you've got to, like, take him to a place where he believes in himself. And, you know, that was one of the things, um, you know, that we had to get to. And and my main concern was, you know, getting him to that point where he was able to just, you know, I guess mentally walk into the gym and have that fire back, like believe in himself, uh, know Mm -hmm. that he can get that done. And so there was a lot of points where I was like, you know, We and I and I knew like that June, July part was like that part was tricky because we had a lot of ground to make up and Mm -hmm. he did. He made it up very fast. He made it up very quickly. um And so when we got beyond that point, when we started getting into August and deep into August, you know, I knew like, okay like the body's starting to click away. And you can you can tell based off of how he feels, too, because at the beginning stages, like, when he sends me the photos and stuff, you, I can see it in his face. He's unsure. Like, he's unsure mm-hmm. of himself. He, you know, he knew things were coming around, but it wasn't the old Rami. And then when right. we got into August, he, you started to see the, the you know, him believing. The smile starting to come back on his face. Like, the energy starting to come alive in his face. At that point, I knew, like, okay, we have at least a very good version of Rami in the gym. He's getting the work done. He's clicking through everything. You know, can we, like, deliver on this, like, ridiculous, you know, version of what I want to see from Rami? No. But can we get him relatively close to last year and retain the title? That's where, you know, I knew. I said, listen, man, it's gonna, we're going to have to dig deep. We're going to have to push uh, super, super hard diet-wise because that's how we're going to achieve – this like kind of graininess and and detail that we need that, you know, we're lacking a little bit in the gym. Um, and I said, you're going to have to suffer. And, and that's when I told him, I'm like, man, we got to get you to Dennis's so he can just put you through the ropes, just push you as hard as we possibly you know can push you. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's what, you know, we ended up doing, we got him out there a little bit earlier. Um, and you know, everything
1: worked out. Can you, can you tell us about the, your not just Rami's relationship but your relationship with Dennis when it comes to the type of teamwork that you guys have collaborated on and how you communicate and what he expects of you and what you expect of him when it comes to handling a guy like Rami right
0: so me and Dennis work out really well together because I trained Dennis um yeah so I you know I worked with him for so and so he you were responsible
1: for all those thailand photos
0: (laughs) yeah like t-shirt gym shots right Mm -hmm. um but we, we i mean we click really well together we've known each other for years um he kind of knows my process i know his you know process as far as training and all those types of things so it works out nice because you know I'll send the diet over to Rami and then I immediately send it to Dennis. Then, you know, and and then, I mean, he was staying at Dennis's house. So Dennis's wife is literally prepping the food. So everything is prepped. So I know like 100%, like he ain't getting, if it ain't on the paper, like he ain't getting it. Like it's, you know, it, it ain't happening. Um, but the good thing is, like, we can communicate because I can, t- I can call Dennis and be like, hey, man, how's he doing in the gym? Like, where's his energy level? Like, how's he doing and stuff? And, you know, there was a couple changes that I made because I felt like we needed to, like, really pick things up. So I made kind of some, you know, like, changes, like, a little bit radical in the diet and stuff. And I said, like, how is this working out? And he's like, man, I noticed a big crash you know, with his energy levels and, and stuff this week. So then I'll immediately like alter the diet a little bit, make it a little more steady, um, you know, and and just kind of moving things around and stuff. A couple of days later I'm like, how's this? He's like, you know, a hundred times better. Like yeah, I can see it, you know, energy wise, I can see it as far as like, you know, how he's responding. Um so we like click really, really well. Um because you know, I can see how things are going, you know, with, you know, with him and as to, you know, like energy, how he trains, like those types of things. And then Dennis, you know, I mean, he has a good eye as well. So, you know, he'll, I'll call him, I'll be like, listen, you know, from the photos, this is what I'm seeing. Um, you know, what are you thinking? And and he, you know, most of the time he's like, Yep, that's exactly, you know, where we're at. Um, you know, I agree a hundred percent. So it's one of those things where, you know, we know exactly where things are at. And there's, you know, there was a couple of points where, you know, I was like, listen, man, Like, we got to bump this up. Like, we got to take this to the next level. So I said, whatever you're doing, go beyond that. I said, because we need a greater calorie burn in the gym. We need a great, like, we need to push this because we have so much ground that we need to make up. We got to push it. And I said, I know Rami is fighting back a little bit because he was in a, like, kind of a dark spot at that point. Um, Because, again, like, we got to those places a little bit earlier than we did last year. And so, you know, to Rami, he's like, fuck, we're, you know, I'm I'm already here and it's like three weeks earlier than it was last year. And, you know, I'm and then I'm asking for more. I'm I'm wanting more now. I, want, I need him to be, you know, pushed harder in the gym. I need him pushed, you know, more with the posing, you know. And so Dennis understands that and has a way of being able to, you know, kind of work through that, um, keep him motivated. And you know, there was points where you know, Dennis was like, yeah, man, you know, he was just kind of, you know, in this spot. So we just got in the car and fucking drove around and, you know, kind of, you know, settled him down a little bit. And, you know, next thing I know, you know, he's snoring in the car and, you know, and then we go back home and, you know, on our way. So, I mean, it's it's a good working relationship for sure. And, and you know, I mean, I mean, Dennis is old school, so he's not that guy that's like everything's. You know, he's not a cheerleader. Like, you know, he's he's the type of guy like, listen. I understand it's fucking hard. I understand you feel like shit, but unfortunately Chad needs you to push a little bit fucking harder. So we're gonna have to find another gear and fucking, you know, go. And um that's what they do, you know.
2: I think so, it's like a, I, a huge bonus for for guys to watch this because we all know working with athletes that, that don't have a dentist, that you are you know, they're 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 tired and backing down hmm. and you're like Actually, I need you to kick it up further, and I don't really give a yeah. shit that you're tired. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. It's, it's good so to hear that the best guys life. have that, you know, because that's, that's, I think, where it gets confused is a lot of guys think these guys are so genetically elite that they don't have to right. work, and it's like, well, listen to this. Yeah, he's elite, and he still has to kill himself.
0: Yeah, and here's yeah. the thing. You know, people think that, but it's like, look, if you're at this level, fucking everybody is elite. I mean, mm. at, to an extent like they're all spectacular sure. they're all at the end of the day it's it's literally the person who wants it the most and i don't i tell everybody and this is one of the conversations i almost always have with my athletes i'm like listen the diet's going to be like one of the hardest fucking things that you've ever went through and i said you know your brain is going to question why the fuck you're doing things it is like there's no doubt and there's going to be a point where it tries to convince you that you don't need to train that hard, or you need a break because you're overtrained, or this and that. Mm-hmm. Like, very few people ever fucking over. You know what I mean? Very few people are fucking starving based off of a bodybuilder's diet. You know what I mean? Like, even if they were just at the extreme low, it's still a ridiculous amount of food. And, you yeah. know, but the brain will tell you, like, oh shit, like, We need more. We need more. I'm running on empty. I'm running on empty type of thing. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. it it takes a really unique human being that is willing to suffer and torture themselves every single day and go through that. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. to me, those are the people that emerge on the other side as the fucking elite, the Ronnie Coleman's and the Jay Cutler's and, you know, those guys, you know. It's those guys that emerge out of that hole, out of that fucking tunnel of death that, you know, show up and look fucking some way that most people just don't understand.
1: Hell, yeah. So, uh, Chad, um, your audio is awesome. Your picture is a little choppy. So do you want to just uh, hang up and reconnect? I know. We can just do it.
0: I can't because I'm watching this one down here and it's good. And this one up here is like like – frozen i'm like that, that, that right is- right <laughs> yeah just just uh just
1: just uh, kind of hang up and then just re-enter the room true nutrition has supported our
3: programming now for a number of years and i'm super grateful for it because they believe in us and i believe in them i'm sure you guys have heard of dante Trudell. we talk about him on the shows uh he had a vision of offering high-quality, third-party tested supplements at a fair price. They have a ton of different protein powders, just about every type you could think of, literally thousands of flavor combinations. Hit me up if you're interested in suggestions. They offer health supplements. I use their collagen and their fish oil. And of course, they offer performance supplements. You can get bulk EAA powder or beta alanine. You can also get finished products like the Mountain Dog Perry MD intra Workout. If you shop with True Nutrition and you use our code THINK, You'll get some additional savings. You'll get high quality supplements and you will support our programming. You can also help to support the shows through Patreon. I appreciate everybody who's made a contribution. You guys are helping to keep me pumping these podcasts out. I have links to everything in the description. Check them out. Let me know what you think. And let's get back to the program.
1: (laughs) So um, (laughs) when when it comes to the stuff that you're doing with guys at this level, um, you know, people ask me this all the time, like questions about how different is it from level to level and, uh, you know, guys at this Olympia level, and you're also working with guys at the USA level. And I know you've helped a million people at the state level and all that stuff. How do you treat that? Cause I think I know the answer, but I just want people to hear you say it. To me,
0: it's all the same. Everything is identical. OK, it doesn't matter if you are a novice bodybuilder or if you are getting ready for the Olympia. In my eyes, everything is the same. <clears throat> it's you're going to you're going to suffer at a certain level. Now, some of these guys have went through the process and, you know, their suffering is a different level than a novice person's suffering. But in the novice person's mind, they are suffering just as hard as the Olympia guy because they've never went through that process. And I don't care mm-hmm. who you are, it always gets harder, like always. And um, yeah. that's one of the things I think that's unique about, you know, this sport. And you guys know, I mean, you guys have both competed at, that, you know, the highest level, obviously. And, it, you know, if anybody, you know, thinks like it gets fucking easier, it doesn't. Like I tell everybody, like, dude, it's going to get, it just gets, keeps getting harder. Like everything just keeps getting harder. <laughs> uh, you, you've got to train heavier. You've got you to just keep pushing harder and harder. And then at the same time, obviously, we just keep getting older. So that fucking makes everything even worse. Um, And, you know, I tell everybody, I was like, you know, there's a point, I think, um, where it is a little easier when you're younger and you can get away with a few little things like, you know, your metabolism. You know, if you have that type of metabolism, it's cranked, um, you know, Mm -hmm. especially if you're young, like, you know everything is firing at a hundred percent, you, you know, your joints are brand, you know, like basically, you know, perfect. Like you're not dealing with nagging injuries. You're not having to work through all of this kind of, you know, carnage or whatever that has happened from bar, <laughs> carnage. From <body> exactly.
1: <laughs> your, your knees, your knees still have the new car smell.
0: You know, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, thing is a little easier if I tell everybody like, dude, it's, it's never going to, you know, it's never going to get easy. Like, it's always going to get hard. And I said, you know, you're going to mentally push yourself. And the next time you have went through that, but you're going to push yourself just to that next level. Because at the end of the day, bodybuilding is always about taking a step forward, a little bit more, a little bit step forward, a step forward. I don't care what anybody thinks. Like, you know, most of these people that don't ever make progress, they're like, oh, I'm happy with where I'm at. It's bullshit. You're just stuck with where you're at. Nobody's ever satisfied with where they're at. Nobody in my opinion, they, they exactly. can always, always. And so mentally always thinking like, well, if I, you know, a little bit better, a little bit better, it's, it's the mindset of a bodybuilder and it doesn't matter like at what level, I mean, it, you could be talking about a bikini girl, you know I mean? It, it's, it's all the same level. Like they're all trying to push themselves to the next level. So it never gets easier. You know I mean? It, it in reality, it probably gets harder. Like I said, because you just keep having to deal with more and more and more.
1: But find the, I, I uh, compare it arrive. to like, oh, right. um,
2: do you have the, the peak, we call it like peak to pink thinking, Chad, where when you, like you said, when you're a novice and you do it the first time, it's brutal. Then the second but, time when you get to that same point again, you've already done it. So you're like, you know what? I think I can push this a little further. And then you keep doing that down the line. And next thing you know, like you said, I found the scariest part of my career was one prep that actually went easier. And I didn't feel as bad, and I was nervous. I'm like, Chris, is everything okay? You know, like, it it actually screwed with me in the other direction because I wasn't dying. Right. (laughs) And he's like, the pictures are fine. I'm like, but I feel okay. What's happening?
0: Right. Right. (laughs) And I I think that, you know, people get to a point like that. And I think, you know, even with Rami, like I told him, I'm like, listen, nothing is ever going to be harder than what we did. Like, I said, you've already went through You understand the process now. You understand what, you know, we're going to go through not realizing that we were going to you know end up with a couple hurdles that we were going to have to hit and then everything did get a little bit harder you know any stuff um and so it it's but i i know what you're saying like there's points where you get to a certain level and you've kind of pushed through it and then there's always that you know kind of one prep where you know you kind of go through the process and you're like shit this is way easier than i remember and the body's clicking and it goes right back you know pretty easily to where you know, you were last time and, and stuff. And I mean, I, I think that people always have that. Um, but it was probably the following prep that became hard because you realize like what you had left in the tank. And I think that's where, you know, bodybuilding is so unique because you end up just keep like pushing, 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 you know, to an extent, mm-hmm. trying to be better, trying to be better. I mean, that's just the mindset. And I mean, trying to dig deeper. and And, you know, people are always like, you know, like, oh, how in the fuck do you, you know, not peak for a bodybuilding contest? Just quit doing this, quit, you know, doing that, da 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 Most people are pushing so fucking hard, like, they don't realize, like, it's not that they're fucking up. It's just, it's that they're pushing themselves so hard that they either end up over-dieting or over-training or over-doing something um, that usually ends up, you know, messing things up, you know, I mean, that's, you know, and we've all been there, like, Everybody. I don't oh, yeah. care what person <laughs> it is. Um, you know, we're all like, fuck, if we can get like like you already look crazy and we're like, man, if we could just get five more percent out of this shit. Like we <laughs> this shit'll be crazy. This'll be crazy. You know.
1: How was how uh that that last few days in Vegas, you know, getting ready for the O, you know, looking back on the year with doubts and the time concerns? strengths and all that stuff and i mean you know who's going to be there you know what they're capable of you know how was that you know right down to this the prejudging and watching them on stage how was that weekend for you and what was what was on your mind
0: really going that week like once we got there and stuff like i was i was probably calmer um this year um the final week than i was last year um because last year we were going in you know really kind of as you know Uh, uh, you know, nobody, I mean, nobody had Rami winning obviously last year. Um, -hmm. you know, so I felt like, man, we had like, you know, just so much to prove, you know, this year I went in with a lot of questions answered. And so I kind of knew how his body responded. Um, you know, I I mean, obviously we're trying to make up some ground and, and push for that conditioning and stuff to achieve a certain look that we were trying to achieve, Um, you know, and, and, you know, knowing that, you know, there's some, you know, serious weapons in this lineup that, you know, that are going to make it, you know, tough, but I knew where he was at. I knew with his size and structure and just everything that where he was at, he would be, he would be hard to beat, you know? And so I was, I was probably more relaxed this year than than definitely I was last year. And even, even after prejudging, you know, because, you know, I mean, if you look at the prejudging and the guys like, you know, I mean, it was kind of a flip flop, you know, I mean, there was guys that looked good on Friday and guys that looked bad on Friday. And there was guys that looked good on Saturday and guys that looked bad on Saturday. But with where Rami was, he was pretty consistent, you know, evenly, you know, through both days. And I was, I was pretty confident all the way through.
1: What did you <laughs> feel about the rest of the top five? I, I thought mean, they were good. You know, are you I... even watching? Like, you know what I mean? Like, how yeah. are you even paying attention to the other guys? Are you just yeah. like lasered on Rami?
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm lasered on Rami, but, you know, obviously I wanted to see what Brandon looked like. I wanted to see what Hottie looked like. Um, you know, I wanted to see where they were at. And, um, you know, I, I mean, on Friday night, like, the minute everybody walked out – I mean, and, and honestly, like, you know, I mean, there was a lot of hype with Walker. There was – you know, I would seen pictures of Hunter. I knew Hunter looked good. Like, all of these guys, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm definitely paying attention to and stuff. Um, but when everybody walked out um, – And when I saw where everybody was, you know, I knew the battle was going to be between Rami and Brandon on Friday night. Um, Hottie was way, way flat and small on Friday night, especially if you were there in person. Honestly, I mean, on Saturday night, I thought Hottie looked fucking great. Like, you look phenomenal. Um, Like, if he had looked that way on Friday night, it might have been a much, much closer battle. Um, He would have for sure taken out Brandon. But on Friday night... He was just a shell of what he had been. He was very, very small in my, in reality, he probably shouldn't have beat Walker or Labrada on Friday night. But I think the judges saved him knowing that if, you know, he showed up like they probably figured he was going to on Saturday, they could keep him where he needed to be versus if they would have placed him probably where he deserved to be placed on Friday, they would have never been able to save him. Um, I mean, you know, that's my opinion. Um, but i think that you know brandon was full he you know he lacked some detail and stuff but he had made some improvements and i thought you know that was the battle on friday and then on saturday obviously you know hottie i thought looked fucking unbelievable and so i thought that was the battle there but you know with the two flip-flopping i felt rami was solid
2: is ahead, it a Justin. lot different to look looking backwards um, cause this is something I, because if we had done this interview right after the show, I was like, this is going to be all about this, but now it's a little further. I'm like, is it a lot different? Uh, and I was fortunate enough to be at six of, of Ronnie's eight wins, um, where minus two of them, they were so dominant that it wasn't even a question. Um, how is that for you? Like leading in? Cause I, mean, Obviously, we saw the old material videos and stuff of in the room, and it's like there was never a chance in your mind or in the other competitor's mind that anybody was beating Ronnie. So how's that for you in comparison?
0: It, it's trickier, you know, because, I mean, right now, you know, I mean, people are close. But I think that, you know, I know where Rami can go. There's no doubt. And I think, you know, if, if everything stays on course um, and Rami trains, and I mean, he's already started training. Like, he's super motivated right now. Like he went mm-hmm. through this whole process here. He got the title. Um, and and he, I, I mean, that basically changed him that, that proved to him that he was Mr. Olympia and what he is capable of under not perfect circumstances. <laughs> um, right. And so, he, you know what I mean? And so now he's not really second guessing himself. He is very, very confident, confident. And I told him, I said, you know, in a way, this sets us up for a really good you know 2022 because i said people were they wanted to see something and i said they didn't quite see it but it sets you up to go so much farther now in the next 14 months and i said that has to drive you every fucking day Mm -hmm. like every day now be driven about pushing the boundaries you know, and I said, people are going to think like, oh, what, what can he do? Where can he go? And based off of how his body responds, um, it's it's endless. And so I think that he still has the potential, you know, to distance himself from the group size wise, condition wise, mm-hmm. you know, improvements and stuff. Um, Ronnie obviously was a different human being. I mean, he had a he had a different and, and you know, when you saw Ronnie in comparison to everybody else. I mean, it was just lights out. And, I mean, Rami's not there yet, but that's not to say that mm-hmm. he's not going to have, like, 03 breakout year um, like Rami right. did and slam and, and the door. I think that we have yet to see the best version of Rami. And I think that we will come close this year, um, given the mind frame that he is in right now, because he is, like, extremely, extremely driven. Like, I mean, driven beyond what I've seen him, during my time with him, like way
2: beyond. I think that. it, that's super exciting because when you look at the, at the history in the last you know, few decades, uh, when Ronnie found that gear after 2002, we met 2003. When Jay found that gear after 2008, we met 2009. And yep. that's when everybody had their biggest jumps because, I mean, I remember <laughs> at the uh, 03 when Ronnie came out, the guy that was sitting behind me, we were like third or fourth row, just started laughing because it was like your brain didn't know yeah. what to do, <laughs> like you know. So I would love to experience another one of those with Rami because you know, I, think, I mean, no one I, expects it at that level, you know.
0: Exactly, I think that's the key. And I, you know, I told Ram you know, I told him, I said, listen, I said, like we don't know what you're capable of. I said, and and you know, we sat down afterwards. I said. Got to realize what you accomplished in a short period of time. Like, what you accomplished in a short period of time is fucking extraordinary. It's extraordinary. Very few people have ever done it. I mean, I've seen, you know, I've seen LeBron trans transition quick, and I've seen a few guys, you know, do it very, very quickly. Um, I've seen Flex do it at the 98 Arnold where he hadn't trained, you know, for quite a while and then. Boom! Like body transitioned, um, but very few people are were able, you know, to do those types of things. I said, just think what you'll look like, like really pushing, like as hard as you possibly can all year in the gym, like all year. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, the the potential is limitless. I mean, it's just it, it'll be un you know unknown. And I I mean, you know, I told him I said, you know, these are the these are the improvements we have to make. You know, and um, I said, you have to go in with, you know, that just burning in your head every single time you walk in the gym. But you can just tell, like, he wants to go train. He wants to, you know, I mean, he was literally like the minute it's over, like, listen, you need to set up the next phase and you need to do this and da, 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 da. Like, I need, I need, reg, you know, like a regimented diet. Like, I need everything set now. Like, I'm ready to go. Right. I don't want to force I don't want to go down, you know. I want to stay on course and push all year, and I'm like, "Nice, done." Yeah.
1: <laughs> what uh, I know that that your your family is, uh, you know, number one. I remember you've you've said that many, many, many times, and uh, I I'm thoroughly and still enjoying following both your sons on Instagram, and I wanted to just talk about that for a sec because that's another extension of your abilities to motivate and drive people but i uh, i assume they have a lot of their own drive and motivation because of what they're doing um i'm just looking at morgan's page right now he's raising mayhem right that's morgan yeah oh, so he's sound. there you go
0: yeah so my youngest is morgan and that's his thing is raising mayhem so he hasn't posted a lot too so he's he's playing football right now so football yeah. is kind of like outlet right that's his like time um and so he doesn't post up a lot of stuff um he's a freshman this year so and start ended up starting varsity um at at middle linebacker and running back but he he primarily has kind of transitioned over to middle linebacker and i think that's where he's gonna go that's where i thought he was gonna go the whole time like he kind of wanted to be a running back and i mean i think he still will as you know as you know uh, high school progresses. I think he'll play that role quite a bit, especially as he gets older. But I told, I tried to explain to him, like, "Listen, man, like if you take this the whole way, a middle linebacker makes way more money than a running back." <laughs> I was <laughs> like, <"There's> just... <laughs> "Middle linebacker," and uh, but it was one of those things where you know he went from eighth grade football to varsity football. And so that transition was, you know, like in eighth grade, like he just dominated everybody. And then next thing you know, like he's playing varsity football as a freshman at, at the starting position. And, um, mm. and so it was one of those things where it kind of took him a few games to kind of transition into it. But he's like settled into middle linebacker really well. And um, we're actually uh, in the process of moving. And uh, so, we most people don't know this, but we're uh, at the end of this school year, we're going to move to Las Vegas um, for at least the next three years so he can play ball out there um, at a school. And um, so, I mean, that'll be interesting. And then my oldest, so it's kind of he, he, he just graduated. So he had always trained to, you know, worked out. Um, and he's actually a little bit taller, he's six, two. Um, yeah. What's his Instagram?
1: Kind of, I can't remember.
0: This is Dom. I think it's Dominic underscore Nichols. It may be oh, underscore okay, Dominic. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so he just you know he play, played football the whole time, and so after football he he'd like getting more into the bodybuilding and started you know regimen. You know, like his meals are very regimented and and dieting wise, it's good for him because he's a finicky eater. Like he's like Morgan's the opposite. Like he can eat anything, like just anything. But Dom is very like. Very picky eater, and I'm like, dude, you were literally born to be a bodybuilder. Like, you can, I was like, that's the, you know, the toughest thing. And uh, genetically, like, he has like just freaky, freaky genetics. Um, he's got that muscle that just sticks off the bone over the last six months. You know, he's really been kind of like bitten by. A gotten very, very serious, went away from, you know, football style training and went into bodybuilding style training. Um, And so he went to the Olympia with me. And, you know, I think it was the first time that he realized, like, holy shit, this is actually something that I might, you know, be able to do um and so he's you know headed down that road i told him i'm like you know just take it slow see you know see how you know things go over i said you're at the age right now uh because you just turned 18 i said you're at the age right now where everything is going to be you know amplified I was like your best progress is going to be made right now i said just take it kind of slow over the next couple years and if everything clicks where you think it should then you know, we'll, you know, we'll pursue this maybe and, and see where he wants to go, but his body's responding like his mom's. Like, I mean, it's, it's, you know. <laughs> not,
1: mm-hmm. you I always know. tell people if you're in that 17, 18 year old range, I said, you're, you're already on the best cycle of your life.
0: <laughs> told, him, I said, you know, I mean, let's get real. I mean, he's that age, he's seeing all these people, you know, and, you know, he's asked, he's at that point where he's asking questions. And, and he's like, you know, I mean, is it, is it capable of doing this without it? And I'm like, listen, man, I said, honestly, it, the key is to find out if you have the genetics to do it. And um, mm-hmm. I said, let's just see where you're at, you know, here in a few months. And I said, you know, I said, the next two years, I said, honestly, you're going to feel like you're taking shit anyway. I said, your <laughs> testosterone is ranking to the point where I said, you are not going to have to, you know, do anything. And I said, if you can stay regimented in you know, that range. And I said, get to, you know, you're, you know, 20, 21 years old, natural, build this base and structure. I said, you're, I said, you have no idea how far ahead of the game you are. And I said, with the genetics that you have, um, I said, you'll be a mile ahead of everybody. And I, you just saw the picture yeah. of him. I mean, that's 235. So he's six 235, but I mean, he has a 30 inch waist, like everything just, you know, is just extremely exaggerated like on his body like he just he doesn't understand how fucking god gifted he hit the lottery with genetics i mean he just doesn't get it
1: yet he's got your shoulder width and his mom's
2: waist (laughs) yeah (laughs) you you got to get him sitting down with uh with hunter for real because um hunter had the exact same path uh you know, Dude, his dad said funny. the same thing. He's like, just fucking train and whatever. And and he did for years, just did exactly yeah. what he was told. And uh, obviously, I think it worked out okay. I don't know. Teach their own. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> talk to Lee. And uh, I went up to him and I talked to him about it. And I said, listen, my son has, you know, been bitten by the bug. And I said, you know, I, I said, there's not a lot of people I can talk to this about. But I said, obviously, you've went down this road and uh so Mm -hmm. we talked about it and and we had the same kind of vision and and same thing you know he basically told hunter the same thing and uh so i said yeah that makes me at least feel a little bit you know better you know because the bad thing is nowadays like these fucking kids like they go to social media and you know it's just like they want this shit right now and i told Mm -hmm. him i'm like, that's bodybuilding is not a fucking sprint it's just not and i said you you don't realize that 2 years will disappear in no time i said you think like 2 years is a fucking eternity because you want to be there now but i said i'm telling you just stick to the process just train and eat i said it, it's the best point like this is going to be the best 2 years of your life right i said because the the process that you're going to go through and the the like everything you're going to learn from this will be the most important like building blocks of bodybuilding really. It's these next two years oh, sure. that you know how your body responds and the feeling of the muscle and that connection and all of those types of things. And I said, you know, go through that process. And I said, you know if you're still there, And still hungry and still driven you know by the time you're 20 21 years old i said then we then we start looking at you know like taking things to the next level a little bit so and it worked out pretty good for hunter for sure yeah he uh (laughs) how how
1: much how much default like uh unintentional coaching do you wind up doing with your sons like did they do they they ever say like i'm not hungry and you say like go eat or or does or are they kind of on their own? They you just give them a meal plan or or like what's the deal?
0: I'm, like, I'm pretty strict with him right now because I'm basically trying to instill you know because for the last you know basically all of his life he's basically kind of eating when he wanted to and um, you know everything's been geared kind of around football so you know I mean right. you wanted like adding you know so I mean he was 200 and you know 55 pounds you know playing football because he played nose guards so. You know he was a little bit heavier and and you know i mean just obviously softer and ate junk food and ate a little bit clean but you know kind of a little bit junkier and spaced things out and stuff now he's you know basically what i'm trying to do is instill like how important like everything is whether it be the food and the timing and you know the types of food you're eating and when you're eating them Um, we're doing a lot of like training stuff right now, really connecting the muscle to the, you know, the mind. So like, you know, when we're doing things, I'm touching, like, and I've done that with Kim a lot too, but we're putting pressure points on the muscle that he's training to engage that mind connection instantly, um, to just, Oh, and he's connected, like he's hypersensitive anyway. So like that connection is like just over-exaggerated on him. Um, so we're doing a lot of that, but I mean, I'm like it, the same as with Kim. I'm, you know, uh, like if a certain time goes by and I know he's supposed to be eating and he's not in the kitchen, I'm like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? It's time to eat. And he's like, oh, I'm, I'm getting that, I'm getting that, I'm getting it." I'm like, listen, man, there's no, like <laughs> I said, if you miss each meal by 30 minutes, you've missed a fucking meal. I said, you right. can't do it like, it's gotta be like just perfect, you know? And so he's starting to see like the importance of, you know, how everything goes and, you know, take, you know, like, as far as like, you know, supplementation, as far as the branch chains and like all of this types of stuff, you know, we have certain times to take it, you know, before training and after training and all these types of things and, you know, trying to stay on him because those are things he never has ever done ever. Mm-hmm. And, uh yeah, it's everything taken care of. He's like, yes, everything's taken care of, you know? And, uh, and so it's it's kind of learning that process, but I'm being over, um, you know, like strict with him trying to just build everything, explaining everything as far as the training side of it. Because what I don't want him to do is go through this process like a lot of people do and, and then, you know, come out three years later and not know anything that they've done because they just kind of went through the process and not learned. Mm-hmm. So everything we're doing, I'm like – do you know why we're doing this? This is why we're doing this. And this is why we're doing this. And I'm trying to explain every, you know, like process that we go through um, just to, you know, instill. And it's funny because I can see now, like, you know, uh, uh, like at the beginning, I didn't think he, you know, cause kids are kids. Like, they're still like, I'm still fucking dad. So kind of got this process like, yes, fuck dad. I get it. I get it type of thing but then all of a sudden you'll see him talking to his buddies in the gym and and he'll be like oh no 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 you got to dude you got to do this and you got you should be doing this and and I'm like okay okay so the shit is actually sinking
3: in a little bit so we're we're good <laughs> <laughs> that's cool Welcome to our channel, new sponsor for our Canadian followers, SupplementSource.ca. Known for the best prices, this online supplement retailer has been around since 95, offering blowouts on top name supplements that are overstocked, short dated, or have gone through a label change. Plus, you can get great prices on all their normally stocked supplements as well. They have free shipping over $99 and great discounts on bulk orders. Guys, if you want to support our programming and you're in Canada, you can do so by shopping with our new sponsor, SupplementSource.ca. Oh, and while you're up there in Canada, have a butter tart today. It's okay. You deserve it. In fact, it's part of your diet. I said so. I'm a coach.
1: I've uh, I got a good question that I uh, got sent to me by a friend of mine when he found out you were coming on. He said, um, ask Chad if there's anything that he does with athletes now that he didn't used to do, like say in the 90s, or anything that he used to do with athletes that he doesn't do anymore like any sort of like transformative things that you do as a bodybuilding coach that, that you adopted or discarded.
0: So here's the thing. I think that there's a couple things that has happened and, and it kind of comes and goes. So I think at the beginning stages, um, especially when I was a little bit younger, before I had kids, I was less patient. Okay. So I would go through the process, and if anything didn't, like, go exactly how I wanted it, I was like, okay, listen, this is not how the fuck we're supposed to be doing things. Okay, I put the shit on paper, and this is what we do. Stop fucking up, like, right? Don't Stop doing this stupid shit, da-da-da-da-da type of thing. So I was very, like, to the point, straightforward a little bit. Then I had kids. So then I became more patient. And then so I kind of went through this kind of phase and I, I kind of call it my like pussy phase where I was kind of like fucking way more like understanding. And then I was trying to like, all right, now, kind of, why are you guys doing this? OK, I'm trying to talk like talk them through this process. Right. Like, OK, so we can't be mm-hmm. doing that. And I had to kind of get to the da, da 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 da. So I'm kind of like working my way through it. Now that my kids are older, I'm back to like, listen, quit fucking around <laughs> and let's go. back. <laughs> <pass it." laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I went through this whole phase, I think, where the kids kind of, you know, made me way more understanding because they were little. And so I was kind of like in this process, you know, where I was like, I think, too understanding and I was trying to like overcorrect them. Oh, over, yeah, lead them the path. And now I'm kind of back to the point where it's like, listen, I fucking told you what to do. Quit fucking around and let's get this shit done. Kind of like the way kids hey, right. now. Other than that, man, you I think that, Well, I think the sport over always- You know, it always progresses. And, you know, I think that anybody that thinks that they fucking know everything is an idiot. Like, I don't care who they are. Like, if they think their way is the only way or that they know everything, they're the the fucking idiot in the room. That's for sure. Like, you have to be Mm -hmm. open to continuously learning, continuously progressing, moving forward. Um, You know, things that, you know, that, I mean, what I'm doing now will probably, to an extent be similar to what I'm doing two years from now, but I would like to think that two years from now I'm going to be at least smarter and understand things a little bit better than I do now. And so some of that, that process will change a little bit. I'll understand certain things more The you know, whether it be with training, whether it be with nutrition, whether it be with everything. Um, I I think that you as an athlete, as a nutritionist, that it doesn't matter as a trainer, I think that you have to, you know, be open to you know saying like you don't under, you know you don't understand everything perfect your way is not always the exact way. I think the one thing that I've um, <clears throat> and I've always said this, the one thing that I've been successful with is being able to adapt to the athlete like I've never tried mm-hmm. to adapt the athlete to me like I've never been like listen. This is my diet method and you know whatever it may be, like low carb or keto or whatever. Like This is the way I do things, so you have to do it this way. And this is the way I want my athletes to train, so you have to do it this way. Like Anybody that does that I think has already lost the battle because everybody is different. I think the way the person's body is will basically dictate how they should get ready for a show. And I think that's the one thing that's made me at least successful and have longevity within this, you know, industry is because I never try to adapt the athlete to me. I always try to adapt to the athlete and find the best way to get from point A to point B.
3: I got something to ask to throw in here kind of tying in. So, yeah. What would be what would be the like like one difference you can think of in actually working with an athlete for the 2021 Olympia? Versus, say, you know, 15 years ago.
1: Like um, like like a, a diet strategy, you mean?
3: Well, well, I'm just thinking, you know, I'm thinking the, the way the that technique. things have evolved. You know, I think Evolving. about like the way that guys used to look in Ronnie's day and everybody right. was just like pushing for absolute mass. Everybody got so freaking big. And right. then nowadays they're kind of talking about like. You know, we got to also keep the waist in control. That's like such a, a big difference than it was before. So I, th- I guess I'm almost it, wondering, like the pressure on you as a coach, right. you know, to get somebody yeah. to look the way they need to be. What are the what are the things that are different now than they had been in the past?
0: I think that if, if there's anything and I mean, it's a small thing, but I think the one key that I try to become right now is especially with the diet is i try to become as efficient as possible so that. You know, before I might have been like, hey, listen, you know, we'll keep the protein here and it may be a little bit high, but I know that we're basically where we need to be. The body's responding well, this and that, da, da 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 da. Now I find myself being like a little bit more precise. So I want everything mm. to be as efficient as possible. So instead of saying like, Nah, I mean, you know, 10 grams, you know, of, of, you know, whatever chicken or this and that may be a little bit on the high side, Um, you know, but it's working. So we're going to just stay there type of thing. I may be like, listen, man, like when it comes to chicken, we need this. And when it comes to fish, we need this. and When it comes to steak, we need this. And we're all in those very efficient ranges. So the numbers may be a little bit less, you know, and the calorie intake may be a little bit less where in the past I may have kind of followed like a little bit more of a, you know, baseline, you know, you know, you know, macro type of, you know, thing where everything was, you know, maybe probably either at a deficit or, you know, at a surplus, but it was always in kind of a, you know, little bit of a tilt, you know. Ba- you know, balancing act type of thing. Where now I'm I'm trying to make sure that everything is as exact as possible, um, as efficient as possible. Making sure that again, because these guys have gotten bigger. I don't. I mean, people keep always you know trying to say like, ah, oh, you know, this era and this era and this era. And I mean, minus Ronnie. I mean, obviously, I mean, there's been some freaks out there and stuff. But the guys are getting bigger, and with size the food amounts continue to rise. I don't care what anybody says. It takes more food to maintain where these athletes are heading. Hmm. And because of that, I think that I've had to basically refine that. Because if you just kept going up the process, fuck, you're eating so much food, that you just can't get it done. Like, it's just, you're going to blow out the stomach. You're gonna you're just never going to be able to do it. Like, you're just never going to. And so I think that's the one thing that I've probably changed is like I'm always trying to become as efficient as possible with the diet, so that the food is for your specific thing, perfect. Like not too much, not too less, just ideal. That's probably the one thing that I'm probably more dialed into right now than anything. Where before I'm, you know, if I was a couple, you know, a couple ounces over or whatever, you know, um, I, I didn't worry about it too much. You know, I would, I would be like, listen, we're making forward progress it's a couple of ounces I don't I don't need to worry about it and it's what's working um but now I'm like hey listen do we need those 2 ounces hmm. in there type of thing
1: right yeah. well, how do you feel about the other divisions um just as a fan like when you watch yeah. the classic division and when you watch the 212 you know uh I mean you know you've 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 won you know all these uh, a huge olympia really? titles with these massive bodies yeah and now you're seeing this this other type of division and you know how, how how do you see it i mean you know we had a changing of the guard this year in the 212 and you know a bumstead retained his title in classic you know i mean do you even have time to pay attention to any of that stuff when you're at the o
0: i love those classes you know i mean i like a lot of them um i was always a fan of fitness. You know, I mean, I trained Mary Yaki for the Fitness Olympia. And so and then even Kim done, you know, fitness after bodybuilding. So I was always a big fan of that. I know how hard that sport is because these athletes have to train and diet and then do like dance and gymnastics. And like it's, in my opinion, one of the hardest sports to do. It's just brutal. You know, I mean, um, so I'm always have always been a big fan of, you know, the fitness Um But, you know, with the Classic, I like the Classic. Um, I like the 212. You know, I mean, I like the fact that some of these 212 guys, you know, are basically, you know, filling out their frames now to the point where they're basically open bodybuilders. They're not, like, restricting down. Like, you can tell, like, they're moving. And same with Classic. You know, I mean, like, you're seeing guys that hit Classic they used it as a stepping stone. They filled out that structure, that skeletal structure. They knew that basically they had two choices. They were basically going to have to limit what they did or they're going to have to move to the next class. And that's what I think the classes are for. That's what I love about the classes. I think it gives people an option. If they don't want to be big, they can do these other classes. But it also gives the athlete a stepping you know stone that they don't have to just basically go, 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 go until they become an open bodybuilder. They can go into classic And then progress from classic to maybe 212 or, or, you know, depending on their height, go from, you know, classic to the open. Um, Same with 212. I mean, you know, I've always said, like, listen, at the end of the day, it's basically how much muscle you hold on your skeletal structure. And when people was talking about Clarita, you know, doing the open, they're like, fuck, he's going to get destroyed. I go, listen, I said, everybody thinks, like, you got to be 300 pounds to be a mass monster. I go, who the fuck has had as much mass built on his structure as this kid? Like, I don't care if he's five foot one or two or whatever he is. He has as much muscle on his skeletal structure as any bodybuilder ever. Like, he is the epitome of a mass monster. I said, just five two. I said, he's going to be a problem in the open class. I said, I'm telling you, because it's the same fucking judging criteria across the board. Bodybuilding is bodybuilding. And sure as shit, you know, he ended up winning. And, and you know, I went to the gym and these guys are like, dude, how did you think, you know, how, why, why, did you re- why did you think he was going to win? I go, dude, a bodybuilding contest is a bodybuilding contest. Like, that's it. Like, dude, if you're big, in shape, like, structurally good, like, I don't care how tall you are, you're going you're gonna to do well, you know? And so I think that's the cool thing about, like, some of these guys. I mean, you've seen a couple 212 guys, like, really jump up and, and you know, stand out. And, um, you know, I mean, I mean, most people don't, I mean, look back. I mean, Hadi is kicking ass at the Olympia, and he started at 212. It's like he was a two twelve guy, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, here he is, you know, in the last couple of years at the top, you know. I mean, you, you got Flex Lewis who's going to be coming in next year. I'm sure we know he's going to be somewhere in the mix. Like, the, you know, I mean, I think it's cool because those classes are basically set in motion for stepping stones to go to that next level if that's what you know, the you know. But even with the women's classes, like, you know, again, like I'm a fan of the fitness because I think that – I think that class is so tough. I think most people don't realize just how tough that class is. Figure, bikini, like the wellness, like personally, I like the wellness because I like the bigger legs, the more athletic legs, but I'm not like at this point, I'm not like really that much into like the big, you know, upper bodies on women and the women's bodybuilding, Mm -hmm. in my opinion, has went like way fucking out of control. Like it's way over on the dark side now. And so it's Mm -hmm. not something that really to me that much, which is weird for me to say because Kim came from, you know, women's bodybuilding, but I mean, you know, I mean, she was, I mean, most people thought she was big at the time. I mean, she won, you know, the first Olympia at 147 pounds and never competed over 157 pounds. Most of the figure girls weigh that now, you know, I mean, they just, you you know, most people don't realize how far the women's bodybuilding has went. Like most of these girls are 200 pounds. Like they're gigantic (laughs) you know, women, like they don't realize Mm -hmm. how big, um, and, and for me, it's just, you know, that's just not the look that I like anymore. I like, you know, like the wellness with the big legs, big athletic legs, but that smaller waist and, you know, smaller upper body and stuff. So I think it gives everybody a very unique, you know, look and, and, you know, whatever direction they want to go.
2: How how do you handle, um, I know, I don't know how much you're doing this now, but it sounds like you're going to, again, um or how would you handle uh some of these newer athletes that get into bodybuilding and and I bring it up because I just went to a show 2 weeks ago and I was stunned at how many guys confuse classic bodybuilding with small bodybuilding so guys who are structurally built like me that are like I'm going to do classic cuz I'm I need to grow and I'm like but you look like a refrigerator you you just no be a small normal bodybuilder and work your way up I mean how do you look at that?
0: I, I mean, here is the thing: like, I've had a bunch of guys do that, and I mean, here I, where I've had this is I've had guys who are just getting started who think mm-hmm. because they're not filled out, they're not structurally there yet. Hey, I am not quite there yet, so I am going to jump into classic and you know do classic first, and then and then by the you know here in a few years when I get filled back out, then I'll do open. And I am like, listen, that's not what classic is. I am like, you are literally an open bodybuilder. Like you're structurally an open bodybuilder. And I'm like, you know, what do you want to do? You want to be a smaller, you know, decent, you know, open bodybuilder, or do you want to be a guy that doesn't fit the criteria in, you know, a division? And I, and that's how I'm usually pretty open about, you know, what I think that should be. And vice versa, like I've got some guys that are, you know, open bodybuilders that I'm like, listen, man, structurally, like you should be a classic guy. Like, you should be, you know, like, no, I'm an open (laughs) bodybuilder. And I'm like, no, man. You're like, you're a classic guy. Trust me on this. So it's, you know, either or. Like, you see these guys that, you know, want to go classic, but they're really not. But then you got guys who are stuck in the open, you know, mind frame thinking like, listen, I, you know, I can't, I got to be an open bodybuilder. I can't go, you know, the classic route. And I'm like, use the, I said, listen, at the end of the day, a pro card is a pro card. I said, you know, if you, if you, Hit it in classic and then spend the next three years becoming an open bodybuilder, then do it. Other, you know, but if you decide that you, I said, you know, once you get into classic, I said, you may, you know, you may like that division, you know. I, so I'm, I'm, you know, pretty open about everything. And, and the other thing, you know, I'm always open about structurally where people are um, mm-hmm. where genetic, people are like, you know, I'll tell them straightforward like, listen, I, I don't think you have to be a genetic god to become a great bodybuilder, but you have to be able to work through certain things. You have to be able to, you know, get to a certain point to where, you know, you can overcome, you know, limitations. And I said, that's going to be tough. I said, you know, I said, you got to realize there's genetically gifted athletes that never make it, uh, to become a pro. But I said, you know, if you have great work ethic, you will eventually get there. Like I'm telling you, like Mm -hmm. you will eventually get there. It will, I'll take somebody with hard work uh, over genetics every day, you know, but I, I think that that's the key is being honest with, you know, somebody as far as, you know, where their potential is. I think that's the, the problem now is that you have so many, you know, like influencers that are on, you know, on line doing all this shit basically for clicks and doing all this, nonsense, all this craziness. And, it, you know, it just kind of steers people in like all of these weird directions. So, some, sometimes it's good, but sometimes it's bad.
2: No, I, I agree. Um, I'm glad you said that because okay. I'm, I'm always blown away by um, the fact that a lot of people have no self awareness, and then sadly, they don't have anyone around them that's straight up that'll just look at them and go, "No."
0: Yeah, yeah. Or they're the, you know they're the main guy in the gym, so everybody just basically tells them what they want to hear, type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know what doesn't you know my opinion is it doesn't really do anybody you know any good by telling them that you know i I think and i've seen so many guys you know i mean vice versa i've seen a ton of guys that you know will compete in you know classic that should never compete in classic and, and vice versa in the open too um and that's what's nice about you know the npc you know i tell everybody i'm like listen at the npc level before you know i said do both do both see where you fall right you know i mean i said do do both of them at the beginning. See where you fall. I said, you know, if you think you're classic and you do well in classic, then stay in classic. But I said, if you go to classic and you don't do well, but you happen to do well in the open bodybuilding, you have your answer, you know. And I said, you know, that's that's the nice thing about you know where where the NPC is right now. I mean, you can do you can cross over the same. You know, like I have a ton of guys that you know, and I've, I've you know just talked to a guy. He wants to be classic so so bad, but genetically. He would be just an unbelievable physique guy, and I'm like, listen, man, like you could potentially turn pro in physique, and like he was so offended by the fact, and he's like, you know, and he's like, but I train legs and do this kind of shit, and da 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 da, da. and I'm like, listen, I, I get that, like if you think that there's not physique guys that have phenomenal legs, you're mistaken. I'm just saying your, you know, like skeletal structure is so tiny. And the way you look, I said, you, you look like a friggin' physique guy right now. I was like, you're like there. And I I was like, why, you know, like why spend the next X amount of years trying to get to something that may not happen when physique wise, you're already there, you know? And they're so like, but I've got to pose. I've got to do this. I've got to do that, you know? And it's, it's crazy. You know I mean? It's same with women. Like I have a ton of women that are, you know, wanting to do figure And I'm like, listen, you're way too damn big for figure, like way too big. And they literally, for whatever reason, do not want to take those heels off. Like they want to keep those heels on under any like no matter what the circumstances is. They can't take heels off. They think like the minute they do that, they're going to lose their femininity. And I'm like, listen, you're exactly what we need in, in women's physique. Like you do have a feminine look like have the look that you don't realize, like you could be a superstar, you know, in that division. But I said in, you know, in figure, you're going to be too big, you know, you're just way too damn big, you know? And so it's, I don't, for whatever reason, I think they get, it's maybe where they started and then they just don't want to come out of the class or, you know, vice versa. But I don't know. It's, it's crazy. Sometimes
1: you've got this track record, um, you know, with Kim obviously winning all those Olympias. did she win six? She won four. She won four. four. Okay, so she won four. Ronnie won eight. And now you're, eight, well, yeah. I'm going to say you're starting to tear now. Starting another tear now. Yeah. So do you see yourself like, you know, let's say Ramy wins a bunch of Olympias. And then in the 2030s. Chad pops up again with another dude who starts winning. Like, how long are you going to do this? How, how long do you see yourself training Mr. Olympia, like Olympia champions, um, constantly coming back with someone that's devastating like this. And, you know, I mean, you're, you can't get, you can't get the name Chad Nichols out of the top of the game. You know,
0: I think, I mean, it depends on like how long I'm having fun doing it. You know, like, I said that from the get-go. I mean, you know, I went through a phase where I just, you know, I didn't train a lot of people for a while because I didn't, um, like, want to miss my kids growing up. And so, like, I kind of just took on a few, like, you know, people, friends, people that I had dealt with for a while. But I didn't take on, like, full teams like I, you know, do now. And because I didn't want to miss that. I didn't want to look back and go, fuck, like, where did the time go? Like, I missed all of that. And then once my kids got to a point where they – you know became more interested in training like that drive really came back and then the motivation just kept you know kind of coming back and coming back so right now you know i'm as motivated as i've ever been um as far as like you know training and stuff um to the point like i said we're like literally getting ready to move to las vegas that you know next year just to be more involved in an area um with that i mean we had a couple options as far as my son playing football i mean we had about four different schools that you know basically we could have taken him to a couple in florida there was one in georgia like there was a couple several and then there was one in in las vegas that that kind of popped up and when we're looking at all of the scenarios of where like as far as you know the family would you know fit in obviously um you know Right now, Las Vegas is just fucking booming uh, bodybuilding wise. And so, you know, like for the next three years, you know, we're going to keep our house here in Missouri and kind of go back and forth a little bit. But like we're going to be there, you know, for at least the next three years. Um, and so I think that uh, in itself is going to push me even more. Like I'm going to be around a lot more. Uh, I think it'll be good for my oldest son. Well, it will be good for both of my sons, really, you know, but I mean, it'll be good um for dom as far as like you know bodybuilding wise and, and being around a lot of just you know because right now i mean he's literally one of the biggest guys you know in the gym and like he can't be that like he has to be hmm. uh, you know in an environment that he is a little dog in a big need to find You find a know. bigger
2: fish tank <laughs> yes,
0: exactly. and right. so i you know i told him good for him it'll be good for me i said it'll be good for everybody good for kim you know being around that you know type of environment again um so it's going to be you know it'll be interesting the thing is you know if you know if dom continues to progress like i think he will obviously i will stay in that um you know in that as long as as he is doing that and as long as i'm you know motivated so i would uh, love to be able to uh let rami you know reign supreme and then you know turning over to uh my son that would be the (laughs) ultimate that would be the ultimate well i've
1: only i've only got one more question for you unless these guys got one but um last time you were on the show i asked you if the next mr olympia was on stage yet and you said no after seeing this year's lineup and knowing what you know about rami and you've got two in the bag and who knows how long his run is going to be is your answer still no? So.
0: The. So I think that there I think the sport has progressed, progressed tremendously. I think that we have some young guys that are coming up um, that are going to battle in the in the mix of the top group for a while. I think, you know, the the Hunter Labradas and the Nick Walker's and. You know, we have, you know, the E.N. and and several guys. We have several guys that are going to be, you know, staples in this in this group. Um, and, and I mean, you know, even Brandon, I mean, Brandon has, you know, a few more years, but he is definitely coming toward the end. You know, it's not like he's a young he's not old. I mean, I think he's what, thirty nine or something like that. But I mean, once you get into those ages, you, you've got to be looking at an exit strategy, you know, obviously, Um So, I I think that there's a group in that mix that's going to be there for a little bit. I think the next dominant guy, the next, you know, Ronnie or the next, you know, um, Rami, has not stepped on. I think that guy has not stepped on stage yet. I think we'll see him soon. I think he's out there. I don't think he stepped on stage yet. That's my opinion. And I think that in the next five years, we're going to see a guy that or even sooner i think in the next 3 years we're going to see a guy that people are going to be like fuck that's the guy like that's definitely the guy and it'll be a guy that just possesses you know everything that everybody's looking for you know that's that's my opinion i think it's going to be something very unique you know that everybody wants i think it'll be a structural freak like mass with structure, I think we're going to see that guy in the next three to four years, my opinion.
2: I, I love that, that vision because um, just recently, I don't know if you saw it, Chad, but uh, Jay Cutler put up a picture of himself at 23. And I, and I wanted I to start forwarding it to people because I was like, unless you look like this five years into training, because remember, he just started lifting at 18, not even, you know, just five years into training, do not quit your day job because people don't realize that the guys like that are born. You know what I mean?
0: That's dude. I, the minute I saw that picture, I, I literally saw that picture. I pulled it up on my phone. I walked back to my son's room and I said, listen, look at this picture. Let this fucking picture burn into your head. I said, because I said, this is, you're capable of this. There's no doubt. But I said, Like, you don't realize, like, what he, like, how he trained and how dedicated he was. I said, you know, you should go back and watch Jay Culler and all these guys, I said, if this is, you know, what you want to do. Like, young guys just don't understand what it is. Like, right now, you know, they're so fucking, you know, concerned about, you know, taking that fucking picture or doing some dumbass TikTok, you know, video or all of this stuff. And I get that. Like, man, I get the social media is a driving force right now because financially it is a very smart move. It will allow a lot of young athletes that do it right. And there's very few that do it right. But I think, you know, that if they do it right, they can make a living off of social media and at the same time be able to fund, you know, bodybuilding. So they wouldn't have to rely on, you know, contracts and and all of these kinds of things. They would obviously come. But they wouldn't have to like they would be making the money from, you know, social media. And I think the benefit is there for somebody. But again, like it, it's going to take hard work. It's going to take like, you know, when you look at that picture, and I know exactly what you're saying, like w- when I saw that picture, I'm like, this is a kid who obviously had genetic legs. But when you saw that picture, you realized that in a very short period of time, this kid busted his ass because there ain't no way his legs look like that without yeah. hard work like his were like already unbelievable at 23 years old, like just unbelievable. And, you know, that's what I think is missing right now. Like you're, you're seeing these guys who think they're like, look, everybody thinks they train hard. Like everybody, they go into the gym, they go through the process. They think they train hard. They think that, you know, all mm-hmm. of this kind of stuff, I think to get to that level, you know, it's going to, and I mean, it, I mean, it, the sport has progressed. You know what I mean? Like it's a, it's a much bigger, you know, uh, aggressive sport right now. And I mean, you have guys, Mm -hmm. you know, that are, you know, at the next level. But I will say, if you look back like a few years ago, I mean, you could handpick a few guys that went into the gym and you could tell love training. Like they, they loved the grind about training. And the rest of the guys, you were kind of like, fuck, man, they're just, you know, they're not, they're not getting it done. I will say, like, the group that's coming, that's emerging right now are hard training guys, like the Nick Walkers, Bradas, and, you know, like, I mean, you know, you got to think that Labrada, that was instilled in him from day one whether he wants to believe it or not like he grew up with his father he saw what his father you know how his father trained and all the things that he did and and that you know was instilled in him uh from a very young age and it carried over into you know what he is as a man now um you know so i mean these guys are getting it done i mean they're fucking grinding in the gym i mean that's the one thing that i will say right now is that they're you can't say that the sport is lazy right now because the fucking guys are getting it done, you know? So
2: for sure. That, awesome. Awesome. At least it's, you know
0: what I mean, it's refreshing.
1: <laughs> Chad, I, uh, we appreciate your time so much. Uh, very generous. Um, you haven't done any, uh, I don't even think you've done, have you done any interviews since the Olympia?
0: First one I've, I've had like a bunch of, like I had a bunch to kind of get them done. And then I was just, i kind of just you know kind of ghosted everybody i guess <laughs> i was just kind of burned wow. and uh, i was just kind of and so then like you know when i reached out to you i'm like all right and i'm ready to go like whatever you guys want to do it, let's get it done so i've got a couple well, we
1: appreciate it and, um, you know and then yeah i'll probably yeah no I'm... thanks so much for your time uh i had a bunch of messages uh they were all saying like, ask Chad, why we haven't seen, like, why did we see no videos of Rami this year? Why didn't we see off season pictures? Why didn't we see? And so you answered all of those right off the bat. <laughs> there was nothing to that see. Was,
0: there was a ton of people that's like, you know, like I, I kept getting these emails, you know, and, and it's like, you know, what's going on with Rami? He's not representing the sport. He's like, oh. why is there no training? Nowhere. And I'm like, Like, we're going to get it done. We're going to get it done, you know. But it's, it's you know, unfortunately, life happens too sometimes, you know. And it's those are things that you just have to deal with. They're just circumstances that are unexpected. And, um, you know, I I hate to say it, life gets in the way sometimes. You just got to fucking get it done. And I think that in the end, you know, Rami's a better person for it because, you know, at the end of this, we had a sit-down talk. Like I said, he proved to himself that you know really under the worst circumstances he was able to still get it done he was able to find yep. something in himself and he was able to get it done under the worst circumstances now we're under the best circumstances he's happy right. he is motivated he is energized like he's driven we we have you know the mindset that we wanted And you were going to get something different this year. Like, uh, I mean, he's already like at him right now. Like he just guessed those. He fucking still looks unbelievable. And I'm like, dude, like eat something, enjoy something, you know? (laughs) And he's like, I'm I'm, like, I'm enjoying being Mr. Olympia. Just give me a regimented diet. I'll just stay on it. And I'm like, and so like everything we're doing right now is structured. I mean, like refeeds, like everything, you know? And I'm like, listen, you know, enjoy yourself a little bit. But I said, you know, but if you look at those guest appearances, like his fucking glutes are still cross-strided. Like he's still in shape. Like, you know, X amount of okay. weeks after. Well, most people, I can tell you, wouldn't even be close. Like, no way would they be, you know, looking like that. And mm-hmm. I told him, I was like, We're, I, I can just tell, like, where he's at right now. Is a really good spot. Like it's a really good place. And I saw this with Ronnie, too. Ronnie was a little different, but you know, when Ronnie got beat by Gunter, the, the change in Ronnie that we saw was like, okay, you want to fucking challenge me? Okay, game on. Let's fucking go. Mm -hmm. Let's go. And he was just a machine that year. Like his mindset was, listen, you think you're going to take this shit from me? I'm going to beat and destroy everybody in my way. And that's kind of the mindset in a different way but rami is like listen i'm gonna go out and i'm gonna show you just how fucking good i am and so the similarities are very similar different circumstances but very similar outcomes
2: nice
1: well we are looking forward to very similar years of progression i will (laughs) never forget i will i will never forget running running into you at the the prejudging at the Mandalay Bay in the hallway, and I said, uh, um, "How's I Ronnie remember. looking?" Because I was on my I was on my way to my seat, and and you looked at me and you, he's two ninety this morning. It's all over. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah.
0: you remember that, Chad? Uh, I remember it. I remember. Yeah, you came up to me. You're like, "What do you think?" I go, "It's fucking game over." I said, "It's over." This I
1: said, "It's shit. over. It's over." <laughs> I just left his room. It's over. And I was like, okay. I went back to my seat and I just told everyone I was with, it's over. (laughs) So, okay, Chad, thanks again, man. You're the, you're, you're fantastic for coming on and giving us your time. Oh,
0: what what I was going to say is one of the like bodybuilding moments that I'll never forget was as a prep coach, like you can leave the room. Right. And and you guys know this, like, you know, as competing and stuff, you can look one way in the room. Right. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, like you're, like how are you going to look on stage because the lighting changes and all this shit right and then you're dealing with stress and like all this kind of stuff but I'll never forget like Ronnie walked out and I thought okay he's fucking big like this this is good and then he turned around and I just remember sitting there thinking like what the fuck like that (laughs) moment like like I'll never forget when he like turned around put that leg back locked them glutes in And hit that back double bicep shot, and I'm like, I'm like, fuck, we may like, like we're witnessing fucking something crazy here. Like, we may never see anything like this again. And I, I I didn't even like, I wasn't even sure. Like, I was so mesmerized by it. Like, I I was just sitting there looking at the shit. Like, and you know, and I remember Kim was like, "Is everything okay?" I'm like, fuck, I go, this is the craziest shit I've seen in my life. And uh, like. and she was like is everything okay you think he's okay and i'm like he looks fucking ridiculous so i was like i'm just kind of trying to take it in because like you know you, you think he's gonna look a certain way and then it never kind of is exactly like you think he's gonna look and then all of a sudden he walked out on stage and he looked fucking exactly like i thought he was gonna look and uh, so it was kind of crazy." <laughs> yeah
1: man history well let's see let's yeah. see history in uh 2020 uh 2022 let's see some more history chad
0: no doubt we're going to see something crazy. You know, I think all the guys are, you know, pushing. Everybody is trying to take it to that next level. And, uh, you're know, worthy. We're in the same boat. So, I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be a great year.
2: Oh yeah. Okay.
1: Thank you. Every everyone for listening. Uh, thanks Chad for coming on, dude. We'll have get you it, again when you got three O's under Rami. So yes. we'll just keep climbing. Maybe I want to get you and Dennis both on and have a little round table
0: absolutely man that would be great
1: yeah that would okay thanks man say hi to the family appreciate it chad I will see you see you soon i appreciate it
0: thanks
1: chad nichols that was awesome chad was like yeah i got an hour for you and he gives us like almost two two (laughs)
2: exactly i was watching the
1: clock it's funny i thought we're still going. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I, you know, I, I, I better let him off. I better let him off. So I give him the door and he's like, hey, you know, one more thing. <laughs> and then we get another great, like, 20 minutes. It was awesome. So, yeah. What would you think, Scott?
3: Man, I, I was just excited to sit back and listen to him. He's somebody that I hadn't met before, but I've listened to him on podcasts, like, since I discovered bodybuilding podcasts. I remember yeah. one of my favorite stories of his was do you guys remember uh, when Dennis he was working with Dennis Wolf, and Dennis ate the cookies? Do you remember that story? Because he was like, co- yeah, he was like, I remember Chad was like, and he insisted he's his wife made these cookies and she had like a hundred of them, and he was like, insisted that we we worked these cookies into the peak, and he was like, ah, you know, don't really want to use the cookies, but then he like figured out a way. And then before you know it, like, all the cookies
1: were gone. <laughs> Didn't he say, like, he's like, oh, no, the, I was using these cookies on my high carb days. Is that what you it was? telling me to have. He was like, you were telling me to have this. And I used the cookies because they were, like, similar. But I was using Close. them on my high days. So we should be able to work. Is that in. what it was? Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. And I it wasn't this story. Like, Chad was like, well, we could do, like, three cookies instead of, you know, whatever it was I wanted you to eat. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's what know, it was. Like, how Chris. <laughs> Chris throws in muffins or whatever, you know, he's like, well, we could use the cookies, I guess, you know, maybe two or three for the, you know, replacement. Yeah. And then he like went to the room to look at them and there were no cookies at all in the room. He yeah. They like, were like gone. He ate them all. There was like a well, hundred
3: cookies that his wife had brought too, yeah, so. yeah.
1: <laughs> to
2: to all of my clients listening. The answer is no, we cannot use the cookies. Yes. The yeah. answer okay. is no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But though well, his telling of yeah, that though Dennis was Wolf. like
3: absolutely hilarious, I I, I kind of yeah. want to go back and find that interview.
2: Yeah, I remember hearing. I'm, I'm just it blown I away, it Scott. Our that you didn't. Um, Might have been. I thought that you started bodybuilding podcast, Scott. Oh God, you would think, I, right? No, <laughs> I start. I started podcasting. <laughs> Discovery, before. and I was like, wait yeah. a minute.
3: <laughs> I started podcasting because I loved listening to him. I started listening to Dan Solomon and Bob Chick. They had their podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Body
1: know, Building Weekly. Yeah. I Wasn't loved it that Body show. Building
3: Weekly? Yeah. Yeah. It might have yeah. been on that show actually that Chad was on. I'm not that when he told that story. Yeah, I can't remember though. Yeah. And then Dennis Wolf came been. on and told his, his version. And then I remember there were a bunch of people that were confused and they were like, who's this Jed guy that Dennis was talking about? And they were like, no, he was saying Chad. But it came out like Jid. Jid and
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. Like the German accent, Russian Gid. accent, yeah, <laughs> yeah German, Jid, uh, yeah, oh, God, yeah. Man. Dennis is Dennis is he's he's his mom and like, he's Russian technically, but he's German accent, right? I thought he was German, but I could I could, he could totally well, be German, wrong. He's German, yeah, but I think his parents are Russian, so he's like Russian, like all his relatives are Russian, but he's German, like born in Germany. Okay, you know what I mean yeah that's so he's got yeah so he might have been have a blended accent i don't know you know if you grew up with russian parents but you're german
3: <laughs> but i just i did i know? felt so honored listening to that because i mean he's been responsible for prepping so many great bodybuilders i mean freaking Ron like you know it's it's, it's 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 kind of like as a bodybuilding nerd i was kind of in awe to to get to hear from the prep coach who's been you know behind a lot of really crazy physiques
1: yeah well he reinvented women's bodybuilding with his wife and then reinvented men's bodybuilding with ronnie and you know it's just crazy so yeah man a lot of years at the top so it's no wonder you keep seeing him show up again you know exactly behind the biggest but behind the biggest guy on stage you know again so you worked, you worked with him right ron i worked with chad no nine and that's the he got me to my heaviest body weight ever yeah like And the strongest I've ever been, too. That was kind of the year I got to my, like, biggest, you know? So, yeah, very, very – it was a lot of fun, man. And Chad always had a story. That was another thing. And you listening to him talk about, you know, paying attention to the mental aspect of his athlete, you know, how he felt like Rami needed this. And, you know, I sort of think, oh, maybe that's why he spent time, like, telling me some of those stories. Hmm. Because, you know, we were prepping and maybe he thought like, you know, some of those stories would motivate me or something because he told me a lot of great stories about just, you know, being in a hotel room with these guys saying something funny that they took to heart. Next thing you know, they're better, you know, like just those little stories like that. He just had a ton of them, you know, just casual shit, you know, like that the famous mm-hmm. one that he's told a bunch of times now. But I like when he told it to me, it was the first time I'd ever heard it. But he told me about, you know, when he was sitting with Ronnie after the Olympia and he was like, hey, is there anything you did that I need to know about? And he said, we just won our first Olympia. And, you know, if there anything that you did that I need to know about so I can be aware. And Ronnie looked at him. He's like, didn't even cross my mind to do anything that you didn't tell me to do. Huh. He's like, oh, OK, so that's exactly what you did. And he's like, yeah, he's like, I didn't have a single grain of rice more than what you told me to do like it didn't even cross my mind and he was like oh okay perfect we can win a bunch of these you know and i just remember hearing that good to know. oh yeah 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 you know so okay fellas i gotta run i'm sure you do too i love your For shirt the by the way one. dusty
2: thank you i well? like it just says fuck attention on the uh, screen and not- nothing else that's all i thought it said <laughs> yeah,
1: what am i missing what am i missing what's below that
3: Ah, I, I was, I was, there
1: we, no. Oh, earn respect. Yes.
2: yes. That's okay too, okay, I guess. Okay. That's okay too, I guess. It's the it's the anti social yeah.
1: media situation. <laughs> right. Right. And awesome, then guys. Scott's was- shirt says got trend? What is no, like? I wish. Oh, no, got right. Doms. <laughs> got doms. <laughs> <laughs> Which comes from never mind. Yeah. <laughs>
2: there's
1: a there's a, a, a friend of mine, she wears a, a t shirt to the gym. It says maybe it's the trend. Which you know, she lifts heavier than half the dudes. So you know, like she's wearing this ironic shirt that makes me laugh every time. Maybe it's the trend. So I love
2: it that only ten percent of the gym knows what that means, and they love it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Okay, have a good one, guys. I'll see you later. Remember, everybody, like, share, subscribe, comment, ring the bell. I swear Dusty's like delaying that on purpose, like a little it's bit. It's dramatic. You know? It's nice.
3: It's good. Dramatic. I want my moments.
1: It's like, yes, exactly. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we'll keep it rolling and we'll be back next week with It's Just Bodybuilding.